Hey gang, Rick Lee James here welcoming you back to another episode of Voices in My Head. I want you to know that I appreciate all of you who listen to this show week after week and all the new listeners that you bring along with you. Podcasts like this don't grow without word of mouth and I want to say thanks. Every time you share one of my links on Facebook, every time you leave a positive iTunes review, every time you like one of my YouTube videos, and every time you refer someone to my website at rickleejames.com, it helps this podcast to grow. And I really appreciate those of you who have spent some of your hard-earned money to help cover expenses for this podcast. To all of you, let me say thanks. I've got the best listeners of any podcast on the internet. And if you've been wondering how you can help, well, there's multiple ways. You can go to rickleejames.com. You can click on the tab that says Tip Jar and Sponsorship. And if you have a couple dollars, swing it our way. There's no minimum to give, and every penny helps to cover expenses. Or if you can't afford any money, maybe you can afford 60 seconds of your time. You can drop by the iTunes page and leave a review or click like on the Voices in My Head Facebook page and become a part of our community there. Again, I just want to say thank you. And thank you to all of you who in the future are going to be helping out with this show. And thank you for listening. It's a real blessing for me to get to share on the Voices in My Head podcast. If you've enjoyed the guests we've had in the past, well, just hold on because you haven't seen anything yet. We've got some great shows in the future. God bless you and enjoy today's episode of Voices in My Head, the official podcast of Rick Lee James. God bless. Live from Springfield, Ohio, it's Voices in My Head, the official podcast of Rick Lee James. I am Rick Lee James and you're listening to Voices in My Head. name is Gilbert Darley, G-N-A-R-L-E-Y, and I'm calling you from the St. Piazadora Golden Buckeye Retirement Home. I gotta tell you, I'm not ready for winter time. Uh, it's so cold, the dogs stick to the fire hydrants in my part of the country. Uh, I don't know what else to say about that right now. Hey everybody, this is Rick Lee James, stealing the Gilbert Darley voice from 700 WLW, which I don't think that's even on there anymore, but... Anyway, just feeling a little goofy as I start the podcast. It's been quite a week, quite a week indeed, um, a great week actually. Started out, let me give you a quick rundown of how the week went. Uh, had a great day at church Sunday, had a great uh, practice Sunday night, and then um, went to an evening service Monday morning, got up bright and early, took a drive to Nashville, Tennessee, had lunch uh, with a great guy, Andrew Osenga. He uh, has been a guest on the podcast before. He has an album coming out called Leonard the Lonely Astronaut, and I'm telling you, it's fantastic. Uh, We had lunch at one of my favorite places. Shout out to the Calypso Cafe. Then went over to his studio for a bit and uh, talked about a future project for me. I'm telling you, he's one of the best producers around, one of the best musicians. So that was a great time. Got to later that evening, go and be with another uh, former podcast guest, Mr. Eric Vinson and his lovely wife, Laura, and we ate pizza. And both times, let me tell you, Nashville people are hospitable. I did not have to pay for a meal at all that day. Uh, Both times they paid for my meal. And then on Tuesday, um, I had a great experience in Nashville. Got to go to the Sirius XM 
radio show taping for Andrew Peterson's new album. Uh, his new album, Light for the Lost Boy, I've been talking about it for a long time here on Voices in My Head. And uh, when Andrew Peterson was on the show, we talked about it quite extensively as he was recording it from the studio. It's out now. It's incredible. It's uh, maybe the best thing he's ever done. And um, was so privileged to be with, I think, nine other people uh, for this very small, exclusive little concert um, by him and the Captain's Courageous, uh, his band. I mean, it was really fantastic. So I had a good week. And then it took me forever to drive home from Nashville, it seemed like. Worked all day in the church on Wednesday. Uh, this morning, which is Thursday, obviously, uh, recorded a podcast, which you're going to hear next week with Eddie Kirkland, who also has an amazing new album out. I'm telling you, he is the next Chris Tomlin, I promise. This guy's amazing uh, and a, such a humble, humble guy and uh, writes beautiful songs that are, are going to be heard all over the world. And I think your church is going to be singing his songs very soon if they are not, in fact, already. Uh, but Eddie Kirkland, in the afternoon, went to Emanuel Christian School, practiced with their choir and uh, because we are one week away Less than that, when you hear this podcast, from my first ever live concert, and the choir at Emmanuel Christian is going to be there uh, singing along, and I'm so excited. I can't wait for this live album, Basement Psalms. If you have not looked into that yet, it's September 7th. That's next Friday, uh, depending on when you listen to this podcast, at the Clifton Opera House in Clifton, Ohio. Maybe my only live album. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited about it. I'm nervous. I'm scared. I am uh, anticipating a good night. But there's no overdubs when you do it live. So uh, I, I'm, I'm just hoping we have a great evening. want to fill up the place. It's only $7. That goes to the theater, half of it, and the other half goes to cover a recording cost. It's going to be a great night of worship. Had a great practice with them today. So that brings me to right now. Uh, I'm tired. It's been a long but good week. I didn't sleep much last night, though. So I don't have a lot to say, really, on the podcast today, other than I have a great guest. Um, I have Paul Darshalek. And if you look at his name uh, on the program, his name looks like maybe Darshalek. Uh, but it's actually a Czech name, and uh, it's Darshalek is how you pronounce it. And he is a representative um, from Living Water International. He's actually the Senior Director of Communications. And Living Water International is a organization that is near and dear to my heart. And I hope it will be near and dear to yours before this podcast is over because they are doing the work of Jesus around the world, giving fresh water in the name of Jesus to people who desperately need it. And that's literal. They are literally digging wells because of people like you who listen and help them do that and uh, just doing a lot of good for the kingdom. So with that being said, just wanted to catch you up on my week a little bit. I'm excited. I'm recording another podcast tomorrow, so we're going to get a few in the can here ready to go. And then tomorrow afternoon I'll be live on the radio at WEEC, which means you've missed it already uh, if you didn't hear this. But uh, playing the uh, Madden Road Music Festival on Saturday church on sunday back at it again monday very busy week getting ready for this live concert but uh, go to rickleejames.com and you'll see a whole lot of upcoming dates of places i'm going to be and uh, if you'd like to bring me to your town i'd love to come do a live podcast do a concert at your church or whatever cafe even house concerts i'm really excited about doing that and uh, please if you have a chance leave a review on itunes let me know what you think of the show 
Um, the more reviews we have, the more visibility we get. We got several right off the bat uh, there, and then we haven't had any for a little while. So let me let you let me know you're still listening. It tells me from the feed uh, there's still many hundreds and hundreds of you listening, if not a couple thousand at this point. But I don't hear very much from you, so please let me know what you think of the show. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, without any further pause, I'm going to go into the listener favorite section. I mean segment, not section. Listener, I told you I was, I was tired. The listener favorite segment. Question of the week. The question of the week I made because Paul is a runner. That's my guest this week, Paul Darshalek. And uh, the, the question, which can be answered over at the Voices in My Head Facebook page, it can also be answered at rickleejames.com. It can also be answered on our fitter, our fitter tweet, our Twitter feed. It can be answered on our Twitter feed at Voices in My Head P. That stands for Voices in My Head Podcast. So just uh, look up the name Voices in My Head P. And every week the question of the week is on there. You can also answer one other way. You can call 937-505-0162 and record an audio message with your answer or any other feedback you'd like to leave for the show. And if it's appropriate, it will be played on the program. Well, this week's question, because Paul is a runner, although he broke his leg and it sounded very painful, uh, I wanted to ask him a question that had to do with runners. So the question of the week, since we just finished the Olympics not too long ago, the question is, what is your favorite track and field event? I had a couple family members write in this week. Um, my dad, Randy Lee James, says that he loved the two-mile run, which is now the 3,200-meter run. Uh, my sister said that she likes the 100-meter and the 200-meter run. And Matthew Cole, who I still don't think has missed a uh, a question of the week yet, says, as much fun as it was to watch the 100-meter dash this year, I thought the 10,000-meter run was the best event. At first, I thought it would be a boring run to watch the discipline of the runners, and their progress through the run was amazing. Uh, so thanks, everybody, for writing in. That's all we had this week, very few answers. But question of the week for next week uh, is because Eddie Kirkland was my guest, and uh, Eddie Kirkland has an amazing new album called Kings and Queens. And so the question of the week that has to do with kings and queens was this. If you had the choice... <clears throat> here it is. Let me read it so I make sure I say it right. If you had the option of being a king or going on tour with queen... Which would you do, and why? Make sure and give us the why. As a musician, I think it's clear you'd go on tour with Queen, but um, who knows? Let's hear what you have to say. So the question of the week next week, if you had the option of being a king or going on tour with Queen, which would you do? Thanks for being a part of Question of the Week this week. Question of the Week. Well, I don't really have tons of uh, extra stuff to say. I told you earlier, I want to get on with the interview because uh, I really believe in Living Water International. Let me just give you a few uh, facts here, and Paul is going to deal with some of this in the interview when we talk. But this is why it's so important that all of us, whether you're a Christian or not, uh, is a part of uh, some sort of ministry like this, even if it's not Living Water International. Um, people need water. We take it for granted in this country that, um, you know, because we have water, we can just go to the tap and get it. But the fact is one child dies every 15 seconds because of a water-related disease. 
Um, and 1.8 million children die from diarrhea every year. That's more than armed conflict and terrorism combined. And when you think of those numbers, it's staggering. I don't think any of us wake up on a given day and say, I hope I don't die of diarrhea this morning, you know. And that sounds a little funny to say, but it's not funny um, in places of the world where they literally have that happening because they do not have clean sources of drinking water. Um, I, I know from uh, a lot of people that I know and even seeing a little bit of this uh, while I was uh, on the continent of Africa, um, and I didn't even see some of the worst parts. Uh, I know people are desperately in need. And 2.6 billion people in the world are without adequate sanitation. And when you think about, uh, I mean, I, I want to break this down to more than just numbers, but there's 884 million people who lack access to safe water in the world. Numbers that big, I, I can't even begin to fathom. But what that also means is that we have 884 million chances to reveal the glory of God by bringing help to people who need it. And let's face it, if we needed it, um, we would want someone to help us. And as a matter of fact, it's our calling as Christians. If you are a believer, it is our call to help those that we have the power to help. Um, the greatest sin we could ever commit, I believe, is to turn our back on those who have need. And uh, there are people in the world that truly, truly do have need. That's why I'm so excited that Paul Darshalet could join me from Living Water International for this interview today. Um, open your heart to this idea. Maybe you've never heard of Living Water International before. Uh, they are a wonderful organization. They're connected with the Advent Conspiracy, which I'm going to be talking about more and more as we get closer to Christmas. They're encouraging uh, people to go with less at Christmas time and to give more in the spirit of Jesus. Uh, because, you know, I don't think Jesus would be a part of all these gift-giving celebrations to each other when we already have all we need. Um, the gospel of Christ is, you know, to give a cup of cool water to those who are dying of thirst. And there are literally people dying of thirst. What if we could begin thinking right now together about ways that we could give each other less monetarily? Uh, begin thinking of ways to give more presence, not presence as far as gifts, but presence, P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E, -E, the presence of each other, and figure out how to begin giving in the way Christ would to people around the world. Do you realize that if everybody went with one less gift in this country alone and took that money, uh, we could in one big foul swoop wipe out the problem of people needing clean water in the world completely. If everybody gave up one gift, took the money from that gift, and gave to an organization like Living Water International who's building wells, better yet, maybe we could say, Lord... I'm not going to send a check this time. I'm going to send myself. Uh, what a great thing we could do for the kingdom of God if we would take seriously the call to go out and give to all who are in need. Well, I'm going to quit talking and, and uh, go into the interview now that I recorded with Paul. My thanks again to Paul Darshalek for being on the show. It was very informative and very interesting, and he has some wonderful experiences to share about being around the world and seeing the amazing things that God is doing. And even off the air, he told me more stories of uh, things that he has experienced. And it just got me excited about being a part of the Ministry of Living Water International. 
So let's do all we can. Let's spend less and give more. My guest today on Voices in My Head is Paul Darshalek. He's the Senior Director in communication, of Communications at Living Water International. And not only that, but I believe, Paul, your birthday is next week. Is that correct? <laughs> That's right. I See, the Facebook, it does wonders. So let, let yeah. us say in advance, happy birthday to you. Uh, although, by the time this podcast comes out, it's going to probably be past your birthday. So um, it's almost like we're recording this in the future, and people from the future are wishing you a birthday to the past. So... You are blowing my mind. <laughs> well, thank you so much for, for being my guest today. I'm excited to be able to talk to you about Living Water International. But before we do that, every week on my podcast, we have a question called Question of the Week. And this is answered by listeners uh, every week on the Voices in My Head Facebook page. And uh, some people call in their audio answers. And the question for you this week, because I know that you're a runner, uh, and we just finished the Olympics not long ago. Uh, do you have a favorite track and field event in the Olympics? Favorite event is, is the marathon. Nothing uh, separates the people with will from everyone else like a marathon. And th this year in the Olympics, I loved, just loved watching the uh, women's marathon. There was just this, it was just a beautiful story that that marathon told. Hmm. Yeah, I was especially impressed by the bronze medalist from Russia. So anybody who saw it watched her just uh, stay in the front of the pack at the end of the race with, with women runners, amazing runners from Kenya and Ethiopia. And she, on a really tough course, beat her personal record significantly while the, the, the top medalists came in way under their own personal records. So it just right. kind of illustrated the effort she put into it. That's, amazing. That's pretty amazing. You know, I, I actually spent a few weeks in Kenya, and I'm a jogger myself. I'm not I'm not a marathoner, but um, I can remember jogging there some with some of the students that I was with. And I remember when I got home, uh, jogging was so much easier <laughs> because I guess the altitude or whatever. And I just thought, man, I feel like I can run 100 miles a day. I was so tired in Kenya when I ran, but now it's just, <laughs> so, you know maybe there's some of that advantage with her leaving uh, the country a little bit too and being able to go where the the atmosphere was different. But now now let me ask you this: Have you ever run a marathon before, Paul? I have, and I, it, it's a bit of an exaggeration for me to call myself a, a runner. Real runners would, would look at my times and say, real <laughs> runner. But I, um, <laughs> just as a test of my own will, yeah, I've run um, a marathon and, um, I, and a couple half marathons and was scheduled really, I was really enjoying running at the tail end of last year, was excited to be signed up for two half marathons and a marathon this year and just and broke my leg. Uh, oh my. shattered my fibula and snapped my fibula. So I've been recovering from that all year this year. So it's been wow. it's been an adventure. Wow. Well, I'm so sorry to hear that, but uh, hope, hopefully you can get back on the running course. Maybe you can get – you know, I did see uh, – I've forgotten his name, but the runner that had no legs at all that ran this year, that was kind of amazing. Oh, I don't yeah, know yeah. if you, you caught him, but it's like, wow. Uh, South African guy, what an inspiration, yeah. 
And then I heard he's going to go back, I think, to the Paralympics after this. And and I kind of thought, you know, once you've once you've been dominating at the uh, the real Olympics, I wonder if you should be allowed to go back to the Paralympics or not. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. I've always looked at people like him and thought, you know, I want to be an inspiration like that. And I've always thought of myself as somebody who, if if I lost my legs, I would overcome. And then I broke my leg and I found it really depressing. And I was like, no, actually one little broken leg can get me down. Wow. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's, it's, I can't imagine. I, it just, uh, is a testament to those people that can even all the more. So, well, we yeah. wish you a, a quick, speedy recovery. And uh, I know that you also had mentioned uh, over an email that you're a, a, a a writer as a hobby, and you told me just a little bit about something you're currently writing that actually has a tie-in with water, since we're going to be talking about Living Water International today. Would you want to share any of uh, this story that you're working on with listeners, or kind of what it's about? Sure. Um, I, I certainly write extensively for Living Water um, in, in our communications, but my sort of personal passion project over the past who knows how long, more than a year, has been a project called The Surface of the Deep. And it's my effort, the vision here is to tell the story of Scripture as a love story between God and humankind in which we follow a stream of water from the first scene of Scripture where God hovers over the surface of the deep to the very last scene where God, uh, where the Lord is on his throne, having finally won his bride and the Lord and his bride are saying, come all who are thirsty and drink. That's actually the last scene of Scripture. So that's what it is. It's a follow the stream of water from in the beginning to all things new, telling the whole overarching story of Scripture as a love story. That sounds amazing. I I actually never thought of that before, of of how water plays in from the beginning to the end. Uh, But that is amazing. Yeah, it does. And and it's actually like I'm, I'm kind of applying principles of script writing like that that script writers use for the cinema to scripture and it's really interesting in script writing vocabulary you talk about beats uh, um, where dramatic turns happen and it kind of works out that every kind of major dramatic turn in the Bible has water involved in it whether it's God leading in a pillar of cloud whether it's parting sea whether it's water pouring out of Christ's heart on the cross it's a really fascinating thing to look at Hmm, that is fascinating. Um, now, is that going to be in a book form, or are you just writing that in a story to maybe publish online, or how can we find out more about that? I certainly um, hope that it reaches publication one of these days. So it, right. it's still a work in progress. So I've gotten together kind of a book proposal and I'm almost ready to start pitching it around. So any listeners out there that might believe in a project, with your prayers for its eventual publication would be coveted. Yeah. Definitely, and we've we've had some great authors on this show in the past. So maybe if they're listening today, they can uh, kind of jump on that and help you out. That's great. So that would be great. Well, since we're talking about water, um, listeners, I want to. I'm just very excited to talk to you about this organization called Living Water International. I, as as I've traveled through the years. Uh, several concerts that I've done, I've been privileged to take some flyers with me uh, that talk about this place called Living Water International. And um, it, it's been my hope that people will, you know, take these brochures and maybe go back home and think more about um, what they can do to actually provide a cup of cool water in Jesus' name. But I realize that maybe not everybody has heard of what Living Water International is. And so I, I contacted Living Water and I said, 
hey, is there anybody that can come on the podcast? Because this is a ministry that excites me, and I really feel like it's doing good things for the kingdom. And lo and behold, within a matter of days, uh, here here comes Paul. So answering <laughs> answering and writing in to the rescue to talk about uh, Living Water International today. So I wonder, Paul, could you explain to my listeners um, who just may not know what Living Water International is, could you just maybe tell us a little bit about your organization? Yeah, what we do, we're a very focused ministry operating in 24 countries around the world to provide water for life in Jesus' name. And um, so we're all about water, and we're all about the living water, the gospel of Jesus. And it, it all started about 22 years ago when a, a group of people from a Baptist church outside of Houston went on a mission trip to Kenya, and they went with all kinds of plans about you know, offering some medical treatment and making a church building and all sorts of things. They were just, their hearts were just smashed by the need for water that they saw around them. So you know, they found themselves, many of them, offering medical treatment to people. But all of these diseases were caused by lack of safe drinking water. So then people are washing down pills with the water that makes them sick in the first place. And so a group of men and women kind of came home from that mission trip scratching their heads and, and, and thinking, wow, you know, I could just offer a cup of water in Jesus' name. Like, I could rearrange my life to do that. And it's just a bunch of ordinary folks like you and me just came home and said, well, what can I do? Can I? And one guy, you know, had a property converted into a drill camp, and then somebody else had a you know, big business, and he just decided, I'm giving this all up, and you know, rearrange my life so that I can run this organization. So when I met the folks at Living Water, I was a missionary myself in Central America. I was living in a village where there were only 20 families in the poorest community I'd ever seen. All 20 knew what it was like to lose a child in infancy. And most mothers, when you ask them, how did your baby die, their answer was just diarrhea. Mm. And so I came and introduced myself to uh, our founder, Gary Evans, and at that time, Living Water was just two people in a garage at a construction company, basically, with a vision, and today, um, we have operations in 24 countries. We've completed 10,000 water projects around the world. We're mobilizing communities in, in those 24 countries to be kind of agents of their own transformation, involving local churches in the transformation of the community, teaching hygiene and sanitation, um, lessons that the people themselves can take and double the life-saving impact of safe drinking water, and we involve local churches uh, domestically and abroad to do it all to glorify Christ. Hmm. That is an awesome story. Um, and it's great to, to hear that this has just kind of started up as a grassroots movement. It wasn't some big corporation, but it was actually just people with a heart for God that saw a need and wanted to do something about it. And um, I, I have to ask you, because I'm sure you know in a lot more ways than I do, you just referred to um, people that were asking about why their infants were dying, and it was just diarrhea and different things. And we are so... Um, I guess sheltered, lucky, blessed, whatever in this country you want to call it, because um, we just don't think about water that often. I mean, we, we go to the tap and turn it on, or we buy a bottle of water. I, I'm sure people around the world probably laugh at that concept that we actually go out and buy bottles of water like we do when we have it in our tap at home. Um, but 
I, could you maybe explain for us some of the the water related diseases and things because it, it's not only that people need water there's a need for clean water I know and it and it's so hard to come by Absolutely yeah um and one thing I want to emphasize throughout this I hope that whatever comes out of my mouth next there's hope permeating through it um hope of just what we can do together by loving our neighbor and 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 the hope that the gospel gives us. Um, not long ago, we used to cite the figure that 1.1 billion people lack access to safe drinking water. And today that number um, is estimated to be 783 million. The number is actually it's people who lack access to an improved water source. It's a number that the um, World Health Organization and UNICEF come up with in their joint monitoring project every year. So we're actually... Um, gaining access to improved sources of drinking water is outpacing population growth, and we're actually making progress, which is amazing. And it's kind of at the center of Living Water's heart um, to do that in Jesus' name. So, yeah, it, it, a perfect place to start is exactly what you mentioned. Diarrhea is something that you and I just think of as an inconvenience. And it's actually, it's a bigger killer on planet Earth than war, terrorism, you know, many of the things that we might harbor fear in our hearts about. And it's also, um, you know, some of my adventures in the developing world have kind of shown me it's also just a, it's, it's, it's a, a painful illness when it comes to you in the form of amoebic dysentery. A, a child dies every 20 seconds. Um, because of water-related illness. Some of that is sanitation-related. Some of that is just lacking access to water. So women, for example, in sub-Saharan Africa spend 40 billion hours every year just hauling water. Many of them have to walk long distances to fetch water, often from a contaminated source in the first place. So we have a term in the development world that we call time poverty. So that deprives them from time with the families, but also time spent in productive activity. So lack of access to safe drinking water is kind of the root cause of all the symptoms of um, poverty in the world. You know, it's a women's issue. It's an economic issue. It's an education issue. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many times... Um, We've worked at a school where children were unable to attend because they're at home sick and then just drilling a well at the school and providing safe drinking water um, for the surrounding community increases school attendance by 30% in some cases. I mean, hmm. it's, it's drastic. Wow. That's amazing. Um, now, now it's. I know it's not just um, just the digging of wells that you do, but can you do you know um, like some of the process as far as how how you go about as an organization actually purifying the water and making sure it's fit? Because it's again, like you said, it's not just that they need water; it's that they actually need clean water. Yeah, and there, there's a variety of approaches that you can take. There's water filtration, rainwater captation. Most of the work that Living Water International does is in um, the intervention is a drilled, sealed borehole water well. So the purification actually happens, you know, by the process that God designed. It's by 
you know, water just filtering through the earth, not being exposed to uh, light and air in, in which bacteria can thrive. And so when you're extracting water from a couple hundred feet underground and there's no way for surface contamination to get there, then um, often that's safe water. Um, and we test the water, of course, um, to ensure its safety, both bacteriologically and as well as minerally. And then the other big issue, though, is that um, the work doesn't end there. You have to make sure that that water remains safe um, from the water point to the time of consumption. And so that's where hygiene and sanitation efforts come in in the form of um, you know, safe water storage and protecting the water source and all the things that people need to be aware of in order um, to keep that water safe and clean until the time it's in their bellies. Hmm. Uh, it wasn't too long ago that uh, that I was at a songwriter's retreat in Nashville, and uh, com- completely by surprise, at least to me, um, who who should walk in uh, to have a little gathering together but Michael W. Smith to our <laughs> our songwriting meeting. And uh, that night, the reason for him being there was they were, it wasn't Living Water International, but it was actually to tell a story about a place in Africa uh, where they were needing water desperately. And I've always remembered this story, and it reminds me of Living Water International. He he told this story about um, two missionary friends of him, his, that were uh, somewhere on the continent of Africa. And uh, they went to this village, and they just had no water whatsoever. The village was very close to dying, and uh, it, it's amazing for us to think about that an entire community could be wiped out for lack of clean water. Um, but the one missionary said to his friend, he said, oh, these people need Jesus. And the other missionary said, these people need water. And uh, they went out, and uh, they basically just went and searched for a, a water source. They prayed. They um, found a, a spot finally. They dug, and it turns out they found a water source. The village moved there around that water source, and it not only saved the village, but now if you go there today, every person in that village actually um, are, are professed Christians now because first they met the need with water and then they, they showed who Jesus was and then as a result of them providing for this actual need they had, um, the people really became interested in, in actually coming to know Jesus. And I know that living water um, is instrumental in giving water around the world, but can you tell us a little bit about how the two go hand in hand with um, not only giving water, but actually doing this in Jesus' name so that we're actually giving more than water. We're actually giving uh, this, like you said, the organization is, living water. Amen. And for us, that's what it's all about. You know, when you think about just God's love for us, our love for our children, nobody loves their child by saying, I just hope you have Jesus. And, you know, if that baby bottle is filled with mud, well, you know, at least you've got Jesus. And so nothing is a better conversation starter. You know, nothing, nothing demonstrates God's love better than opening the conversation with, we're here on behalf of a God who just loves you and whose heart is broken uh, to see your children pass away for something as simple as lack of safe drinking water, and, and it breaks our hearts, too. How can we work together? There's a lot of assets in this community um, that you can mobilize to work with us to help 
offer safe drinking water to the entire community, no matter who you are, what religious affiliation you may or may not have. It begins with love. And that's the door opener um, to the gospel. It's, it's, it's the thing that often has people asking, hey, what motivates these people to leave what could be more comfortable lives and come alongside us? Well, what motivates us to do that is a God who left all the glory of heaven to become flesh and blood in Jesus and come alongside us. And so that's, that's what motivates us. It's why we get up in the morning and it's just incredibly effective and authentic. Hmm. That's, that's awesome. Um, now if, if a person wanted to see Living Water International and what they do firsthand, um, this isn't just an organization that you just send a check off to and, and then it's done. Um, one of the neat things that I think Living Water has going for it is you actually offer mission trips throughout the world where people get to go and be a part of this. Can you tell us a little bit about that and, and maybe how a person might be able to get involved with that if they were interested? Yeah, first, just so it doesn't flip my attention, I'll just say that um, our, our website is water.cc. So you can go to water.cc and learn all kinds of stuff about us. Our core business is training, consulting, and equipping local people to mobilize communities and work alongside them in order to, for indigenous people to be agents of transformation in their own community. But we also do, um, in some of the countries that we work in, namely the Central American countries we work in and, and Haiti. So in Haiti, Guatemala, Honduras, El Salvador, Nicaragua, we have a program um, where you can actually sign up for a trip and go there, meet the people that you serve, drill a well, and kind of go from people needing water to happy kids splashing under a hand pump in the course of the week. Hmm. And the reason we do that, and I'll just say this out front, it's not really because we need your labor. People around the world are good at working. But it's because we want the people we serve to capture your heart. Um, we're interested in this transformation of ourselves, own participation in the good news of Jesus Christ. And so the vision is that when you, when you go, the goal isn't just for you to have drilled a well, but for you to come back as a spokesperson for the people you served, to become an advocate who's coming along our side, and, and we see ourselves as coming along our side to use water to redeem, which is the purpose God's involved in. Hmm. Um, well, um, do you have any, quickly, any uh, any stories that maybe you specifically have been a part of or or um, that, that you can just describe maybe for us? I know you've mentioned about some schoolhouses where um, education and and the number of children that actually got to school go to school went up because of water supplies. Can you think of any story, maybe off the top of your head, where this water has has really made all the difference in the life of the people and has ultimately brought about transformation for the kingdom because of this? Boy, Rick, my, that just made my brain scatter like eight ways. <laughs> <laughs> Full of them, don't know where to begin. But maybe maybe I'll I'll share. Uh, an experience I had just this year that really blew me away. I've never seen anything quite like what I saw on my trip to Rajasthan, India this year. And uh, people will be able in the fall and winter, 
Um, people will see more of this featured on our website at water.cc, um, where you can go right now to see um, some, some stories from both um, Uganda and Nicaragua, where we're kind of piloting an innovative uh, way to keep wells working for life. But in India this year, um, I went to document some stories to share with people. And I wanted to focus in specifically on the connection that you made earlier, like how is this a door opener for the gospel? And what I saw just, it blew me away. Um, it was, I've never seen anything more like what you read when you open the Bible and read the Acts of the Apostles. Hmm. We were in Rajasthan, India, in northern India, very name Raj. Istan is a place of the Hindu kings, and it was just gorgeous. India is um, amazing and just culturally fascinating to me, and I was really absolutely enjoying it. And we found ourselves in this very rural area, way out. You know, we went to to Delhi, then went to Udaipur, which is the capital of Rajasthan, then out to a little town called Banswara, and then from there out to this tiny village, Todi village and pulled up to a Christian church in a department in a state in India where 0.01% of people are Christians. Hmm. And I was just dropped right in there. It was a Sunday morning. Worship was about to begin. Literally got there for some of the people, um, especially women. Like men travel um, to mm -hmm. Gujarat for work, and, and, and so they, you know, ha have seen bigger cities. So for some people, this was the first Westerner they ever saw. So the, they said, hey, here's two white guys. They're going to have cameras here during worship. <laughs> um, don't mind us. And was suddenly just immersed in these beautiful songs of people singing in Hindi in, in kind of Indian intonations. And afterwards, church broke up with just a really long extended time of prayer um, that's kind of how church ended there, was just everybody praying for one another. And I sat down with people from the whole congregation and just said, well, what's the story of this church? Um, how does somebody in Todi village in rural Rajasthan decide they're a Christian now? Hmm. And what I heard, I couldn't believe it. People said, well, it all started um, when evangelist who's an Indian whose grandmother was the first, um, one of the first five indigenous converts to Christianity in Rajasthan. And he said, you know, he came and he prayed for um, this couple and they had been sick for years and spent their life savings trying to become, and then they got better. So then we, we started and and when we prayed in Jesus' name over Anita, who couldn't walk, and parents had mortgaged the farm and sold their cows in order to pay for things, you know, both interventions, medical and spiritual, to help her walk and couldn't because that was their way of taking care of her was, in their view, you know, finding a man to marry mm -hmm. her. And it all, you know, in their eyes couldn't happen if, if, if she was this, you know, disability that she had a great in Jesus name she stood up and walked and there was a little boy named Patris and he was deaf and mute since birth and one day and she just said alleluia and he's in school now and can write his name and I'm just my head spinning I'm going mm -hmm. I 
pretty sure that a week ago I believed in miracles, but I don't know if I meant this. And, wow. and there was just one after another. And we spent the next few days just tracking these people down, listening to them. They, the story, though, was that these miraculous things started happening. And it just was like it was Pentecost in Rajasthan and has been for years. And I've never seen anything quite like it. Then, um, because people don't like the dissemination of a foreign religion, there was a certain amount of... Um, you know, oppression and, 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 and bullying, basically. Hmm. But then they said, but then water melted that away. Wow. The water wells, their partnership, this church's partnership with the water and the water points were able to provide in villages around there, not only provide sort of a point at which, you know, indigenous Christian Indian people share the love of God and the story of Jesus Christ, but also it just, you know, it, it wins favor and there's an authenticity to it because the opener of the conversation is that this love is real and we, it recognizes your suffering like God recognizes ours. And so they said since then, persecutions just melted away. Hmm. Isn't that amazing? That's, well, that's wonderful. What a, what a great example of the story you share for us. Thank you for that. Um, well, we're we're getting kind of close to the end of our interview time, but be, before we finish that out, I, I want to make sure and um, talk about maybe some concrete ways that people can help. I became aware of, of Living Water International first, actually through an organization called the Advent Conspiracy, which is really just a movement of people who uh, became concerned about uh, the needs of people around the world and how far away Christmas has gotten from really the gospel, you know, and uh, yeah. they have this beautiful video about, you know, what if what if you could give up one less gift this year or buy one less gift for a family to give to another, and on the Advent Conspiracies website, they have a link to your page um, about, you know, how you can help because there's people around the world that need water, and so that led me to find your site, and what I loved about um, the Advent Conspiracy page was there are just some real practical uh, ways that in your everyday life you can actually help. Because I know most of us think on a given day, like, well, what could I do to actually, you know, change the world? Well, there's actually quite a lot of even simple things that we can do that can actually make some real differences in people's lives. So I wonder if we could maybe just talk about some of these things at the end. And, and some of these I've, I've taken from Living Water's website at WaterCC. And um, can you talk to us a little bit about what an advocacy is? Because I, I saw that there's something about creating an advocacy page on the website to support Living Water. Yeah, there's a number of things that you can do and, and, and roots the different kinds of advocacy that you can find on our website. So, for example, you know, this, this morning we were singing happy birthday to a seven-year-old boy who decided that he wanted to do something for people, kids like him who need safe drinking water. And so he started fundraising. Um, a church can gather together, you know, you can sponsor a water project, um, whether it's a church, a rotary club, the group of friends, or an individual. And so you can, you can go to the contact us and find a, a, a representative of Living Water in your area and work with that person. It's just that you can set a fundraising goal of, you know, some some markers are $3,000 can, in addition, oh, I should say, in addition to drilling wells and mobilizing communities, sanitation, and Christian witness, we, another thing that we do is that we rehabilitate wells that 
other people have drilled that have fallen into disrepair and they didn't have a plan to keep them going for life. And so you can rehabilitate a well and restore water to a community for about $3,000. A new well in India or Latin America can be sponsored for 5000 In Africa, sometimes, depending on the equipment we need to use to reach water, they can range $10,000, But the point being that a community of people can actually transform a whole village, get a report of the well that they sponsored by working with a, a living water donor rep and actually see the transformation happen. So that's one thing. A lot of people, as you pointed out, do that through the Advent Conspiracy, which is a beautiful movement. Really, fundamentally what it's about is putting Jesus at the center of Christmas. It's about worshiping fully. It's about spending less for 5% of America's Christmas budget. We could we could eradicate the world water crisis. Mm. Um, it's mind-boggling to, yeah. to think about it, you know, and, and so God made his love into a person, and we somehow celebrate that by turning our love into, um, you know, fruitcakes and sweaters, and, and a lot of people kind of, wait, this doesn't make sense. Right. Let's worship fully. Let's spend less. Let's give more, but let's give mm. by giving our time to one another. Let's say, Mom, for Christmas, here's a bag of coffee, and I only want to drink it with you on Thursday mornings. And in the time it takes to go through this, I just want to hear the stories that made you into the mom that you are because you need something to me. Hmm. It's things like that, giving relationally. Yeah. And then loving all by spreading the money that you would have otherwise spent on stuff that you won't remember six months from now. Um, and giving that to organizations like Living Water or your local homeless shelter or whoever, they're very open-handed um, so that we can transform in honor. That's the kind of birthday party we believe Jesus wants. So that's another. You can see it at water.cc slash advent or adventconspiracy.org. And um, another, a lot of churches or groups of people or even kids, you know, like Girl Scout packs or just, Groups of friends, they take the H2O challenge, which you can also find at our website, where people make tap water, their only beverage for a period of time. Maybe it's a week, maybe it's two weeks, and get the money they would have otherwise saved uh, or spent um, to a clean water project. And we've seen really inspiring um, stories where kids got involved. Another is called 10 Days. And that's a college campus movement. It's a, it's a similar thing. It's on October 10th, um, college students from around the country organize themselves into permanent fixtures on campuses around the country and, and take the same kind of challenge and sacrifice and give and make a big impact on this case in, in Rwanda. Hmm. And so you can also, if you just want to explore opportunities through our website, you can find your local living water donor rep and just give him or her a call and, and, and say, Hey, I want to get involved. How can I do that? Hmm. And there, there are some really inventive, creative ways. So I encourage people to, to go to water.cc. Uh, listeners, if, if you haven't been there yet, you need to go check that out. And also just check out the Advent Conspiracy page because there really are some, some great ideas on uh, living more intentionally, kind of living out the gospel and, um, you know, I, I really I, I like the whole idea of how practical um, that you guys make it with, um, you know, we're, we're trying to, to actually live like Jesus in a world that basically says, 
everything else is is the better way. You got to consume, 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 and Jesus' way is actually to give. And uh, so I really appreciate what Living Water International is doing. I appreciate the Advent conspiracy and the way that they're raising awareness on this. Uh, the important thing is that we're doing something, that we aren't content to sit back and just allow somebody else to do the work. The the blessing is in the giving. I, I really do believe that. And, and Living Water International is one of the best ways I can think of to give a cup of cool water in Jesus' name. And I'll tell you one other thing, Paul, that I really think is awesome about Living Water. Not all of us get the chance to travel outside the country. And I know when I've given in the past, um, Living Water does a cool thing where they actually send you GPS coordinates um, where you can kind of look up online and see where your money has gone to and to the well that is being built. So I really appreciate that because I think it helps us to actually kind of have a concrete way in case we never got to, to visit ourselves. We actually get to see kind of what it is that we're doing. So. Yeah. Amen there. And, 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 and with that thought, I'd just like to encourage listeners. Today, it, it was a passion for water. You know, their intervention is, is with Living Water International, which I think is the organization to go to if you want to do this in Jesus' name. But there's a lot of people doing great work and, and um, a very important thing to be aware of. We've even found this ourselves over the 20 years of experience we have in this, being very focused on that water point. Um, but the other things to keep in mind uh, as you do that are things like um, what's the plan to keep this water flowing for life? What's the plan to get the community involved in mobilizing their own assets to um, to intervene in terms of hygiene and sanitation efforts? Um, those are very important components because um, it's really the – Everything begins with water, but water is just the beginning. And, and so many lives can be saved by those things that are, we call them software. You know, they're not as tangible as the water point, but they, they save as many and, and often more babies' lives. You know? And it's also just an empower, a way to empower communities. So. Mm, wonderful. Well, Paul Darshalek, thank you so much for being one of the voices in my head on this podcast this week. It's been a pleasure, Rick. Well, that was Paul Darshalek of Living Water International. I can't believe it. I think we're going to finish in just under an hour today. Uh, for more information on Living Water International, I want to make sure you have that. Um, you can go to watercc. I'm sorry, water.cc. Uh, that's simply their website, water.cc. And that will take you to Living Water International's page. You can find out all about the things that Paul was uh, discussing on the program today. Do me a favor, though. Seriously consider what you want to do this year, maybe at Christmas time. Um, I'm not saying not to give your family and loved ones uh, gifts that they're going to enjoy, but the call of Jesus, we are so missing it when it comes to holidays. And maybe if we start thinking right now, we'll think in some new ways. Go to uh, YouTube, or go to, and when you go to YouTube, look up the Advent Conspiracy and look up their video. Or you can go to the AdventConspiracy.com and look that up. They have a wonderful video there that describes exactly what we could do to actually wipe out this problem of unclean water uh, around the world. And I really believe it's within our grasp, and people like Living Water International are helping us do that. So my thanks to Paul again for being on the program. 
thank all of you uh, for listening week after week to Voices in My Head. I know some of you are casual listeners, and some of you have listened to every episode. I want to hear from you. Let me know what you think about the program. It's kind of hard when I just talk to a microphone all the time to know uh, what you want, what you're hoping. If there's a guest that you would like me to talk with, I'm always trying to think of new guests to spend some time with here on the program. If there's any questions you'd like me to ask those guests, I will do my very best to get them on the program. Uh, but give me some specifics, and I might need your help. Some people are kind of hard to get. Uh, we could do things like a Twitter campaign where uh, we can actually uh, have tons of people you know, hit up one person with a Twitter message to say, please go on the Voices in My Head podcast with Rick Lee James, contact him, uh, because it's hard to get through to a lot of people, honestly. Uh, I've, I've had some, some really great success, and uh, it's been wonderful, but I want to know who you want to hear from. Um, I try to do my, my best to uh, find people that I'm interested in, and I don't think I've had a dud guest yet, to be honest. I think they've all been wonderful and uh, have just uh, just been exactly what I was looking for. So uh, let me know that. Go to iTunes, leave a review, let me know what you're thinking. Uh, send me an email. You can send that actually to the new email address, which would just be info at voicesinmyheadpodcast.com, or you can send it to info at rickleyjames.com. And uh, there is a, a new website address. We still have rickleyjames.com, but if you can't remember that for some reason and want something a little longer, you can go to voicesinmyheadpodcast.com, and that'll take you directly to our podcast page. Uh, you can answer question of the week there at rickleyjames.com and voicesinmyheadpodcast.com podcast.com make sure you put in podcast if you just say voices in my head it probably won't go through uh, at least not to my page I don't know where it'll take you but have a great day everybody and looking forward to uh, the concert coming this next week looking forward to sharing my interview with Eddie Kirkland with you next week we've got some other great things in store for you so stick around at the voices in my head podcast blessings to you all you've been listening to voices in my head the official podcast of Rick Lee James. If you'd like to know more about me, my ministry, my music, my life, go to my website at rickleejames.com. You can also download my free mobile app from iTunes and on the Android Marketplace. And I'd love this to be a community experience, so if you call 937-505-0162, you can leave feedback, you can give me suggestions for future shows. You can even record comments that I can play on the next podcast. So let's make this something really great together. 937-505-0162. Thank you so much for listening to Voices in My Head, the official Rick Lee James podcast. God bless.